Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. Hello, and welcome to Champions of Psychology, a show with the goal of openly talking about mental health and gaming presented by Codename Entertainment and TakeThis.org. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here on twitch.tv slash Games or later on your favorite podcast service, Mitra Jordan and Rafael Bucamazzo, a.k.a. Dr. B, talk about mental health in these unprecedented times, as well as how gaming affects us. If you're here with us live in the chat, you can leave a question that I, Trevor Bettis, will ask them later in the show. And our topic today is a self-help tool belt. But before we get to that, friends, who are you for people who may not know? Um, I'm Mitra Jordan. I love games and gaming. I'm a registered clinical counselor in Victoria, British Columbia. And um, I work with kids, adults, mostly adults, and couples. All right. Well, then I'm Rafael Bocamazzo, better known as Dr. B for long Italian name reasons. And the, it gets you every time, Trevor. You've heard it like a dozen times. I, I know time. it does. I know it does. But every time I'm just like, my delivery is that good. It's but that good. It really is. But anyway, yeah, no, I'm Dr. B. I'm a doctor of clinical psychology, and I am the clinical director over at TakeThis.org. Uh, since 2012, we, uh, we've been helping out gamers because uh, it's our game community to have better mental health education and access to knowledge and uh, lots of workshops for game studios and oh oh yeah the afk room at conventions when those were a thing basically we want to destigmatize and educate on mental health matters and i'm also an expert on the applied use of role-playing games in clinical and learning settings heck yeah um so yeah uh self-help tool belt uh where do you all want to start on that I mean, we could tell you, but it would defeat the purpose. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, for Eric. Thanks Bye, everybody. Thanks for coming. We'll and see Take you. care of yourself. <laughs> so, um, so what, 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 is, what is a self-help tool belt? Do you want? Okay. Hmm? A self-help tool belt is essentially the things you can do in your day-to-day -day life to make your life easier, to cope, in other words. And there's self-care. And there is coping, and they're not the same thing. Self-care is what we do in advance. Um, this is because I'm kind of quoting Dr. B. He's nodding away. <laughs> um, <laughs> Self-care is what Did we I do. say this? You, you did. did. 100%. It was really great. That's why awesome. I'm using it. I know, right? That's I why wish I'm I could say I was joking. I legitimately <laughs> forgot I said this. You were great. Anyway, so <laughs> self-care <laughs> is what we do ahead of time to stay regulated, stable, happy, cope with life better. And coping strategies are those things that we do when things are starting to fall apart a little bit, or we're not feeling as stable or as good, or maybe we've had something tough that we've had to deal with, you know, in the week or the month. Could be there's a pandemic going on, you know, that sort of thing. So coping strategies, be, you know. both are part of our self-help tool belt. So. Yeah. And <clears throat> excuse me, what, um, 
what why we call it a tool belt is the idea that there's no one thing that's going to work for everybody all the time. And this back in the days, because I, I don't work with people anymore directly, I just do education and policy work. Uh, but back when I worked with people directly, what we what I would say to them is no, con, no contractor is going to be able to build a house entirely out of a hammer. Okay? You can't use a hammer as a drill very effectively. <laughs> Because I, I have to say that because I know I'm talking to gamers and there's some contrarian among you who's going to like try and use a claw hammer to drill something. And you'll probably be successful at it, but it's not effective. Mm -hmm. And so much like somebody working in, 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 a, uh, in a contracting setting, you need an assortment of tools. Some that maybe you only use every once in a while. Some that you rely on more than others. Like, I use my power drill tons. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, that's why we want to talk about this in terms of building an entire tool belt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. different strategies so, for different times. Okay. Oh, sorry. Please, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, hey. I, I was going to lead something somewhere. If you want to uh, put something in there, absolutely. You, you two are the experts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Um, I was just going to say that we not every strategy will work each time. And that's why it's a tool belt, because you want to bring in a number of different options, a menu, if you will, of things to try. So. Well, yeah. and also there's and also there's the reality that everybody's different, like in the same way that in the same way that maybe somebody isn't going to be able to swing a 21 pound sledgehammer the same way as somebody else like maybe like i'm not going to hand a 21 pound sledgehammer to mitra mitra is Please smaller don't. than me <laughs> <laughs> she is not going to be able to use it with the same efficacy that i could i'm i'm a relatively large guy like and... ow <laughs> <laughs> and so different tools work differently for different people. And so when you talk to a mental health professional and they're working with you on things, there's a reason they're trying different approaches with you. Because if there was one solution for that worked for everybody, I've said this before on the show, but one, I would have no student debt left and this office would be on a boat. <laughs> and there would only be one self-help book that everyone would use yeah and it would work <laughs> yeah it would just be called i'm okay and that's the whole title that's, that's it yeah i think if i walked into a bookstore and saw something with that name i'd just be like you're lying <laughs> there was a book okay. ages ago it was called i'm okay you're okay and it's just <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't grab me. At the time, it was popular. I have no idea mm. what it was about, which tells you how, you know, how it stayed with me. <laughs> but, uh. Uh, but so, oh, yeah, oh, no, no, please. Oh, I was going to say, was like, how do we, how does someone like go about building one of these? Because like you're saying, like, not everything works for everyone. So how do you go about finding the right tools? Um, well, I mean, the the first inf the first thing I suggest to people is if you have access to one, if you have the capability, go to a mental health professional. Yeah, because I mean, literally, you've got somebody who is trained to help you build that tool belt. You've got somebody who has years of education 
um, years of education in helping people do exactly that. And they are going, a, a really good mental health professional is going to help you be the one to develop that tool belt because uh, for you to use, and I'm, I'm being a little bit pedantic there, um, because they're not going to do it for you. They're going to they do it with you. They want to teach you to be able to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, there's the guidance piece, right? You ask people questions mm-hmm. about their experience. You get a sense of what worked other times, why is, why those things maybe aren't working right now in their lives, um, what they're drawn to trying. Um, and it's a way to fast track creating your self-help tool belt. So... I do want to point out real quick, um, if this is the first time you're watching the show or you've joined us recently, we do have an episode from last season about finding a therapist and kind of just ways that we have gone about looking for people who have helped us because not every therapist is right for you. So I, I recommend going back and checking out that episode either on YouTube or a podcast feed. Yeah. And you know what? We also have that episode on self-care that kind of ties yes. into some of this which might be useful mm-hmm. as well as the coping with a yep. pandemic episode. I feel like they all, you know, the same kind of, it's, it's like we have How a thread going doing? through these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Part of me just wants to go full Stuart Smalley on everybody, which dates me, which tells you how old oh, I am. The fact that wow. I dropped the name Stuart Smalley of just like, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And gosh, darn it. People like me. <laughs> You did the voice. You did the voice. That's perfect. You did. You did. It was, I liked it. I'm Gosh here for it. it. I'm here People for it. People like me. So uh, for those of you under the age of 30, that was funny if you were older. Yeah, it had this like sunset and, you know, beach background. It was very sort of, uh, it was very kitschy. It was very schlocky. Those those are good words for it. Yeah. yeah. But that, but that's, uh, you know, bringing that to mind, that's one of the advantages of going to a mental health professional is because they, a, a good mental health professional is also going to get you away from this idea of toxic positivity. And I, I would really love to address that for a second. Yeah. The, there seems to be this phenomenon that uh, of people who just want to think positive about things, which cool awesome and there's a difference between and i'm sure mitra is going to want to talk about this what's called a positive reframe and toxic positivity which toxic positivity is an is an almost denial of a problem and that doesn't help anybody it, the, the difference between a positive reframe and toxic positivity is toxic positivity is basically going putting your fingers in the air and going, la, 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 this isn't a problem, la, 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 I'm okay, la, 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 I am grateful for everything, nothing is wrong, la, 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 la. It, it gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I could have a rant about that one, but the idea is that, <laughs> aha, <laughs> right? But the idea with toxic positivity is like, I'm above this. Um, yep, maybe maybe I'm feeling angry, but I'm gonna suppress that. I'm gonna suppress that all the way down until it's practically a diamond, until it's like carbon, you know, because you don't want to <laughs> deal with the negative feelings, and you have this idea that being okay or being 
Functional means that you don't actually deal with your emotions in terms of the negative ones. There's it's actually an older book out there, and this woman ended up writing a whole franchise, which I don't know about that. But the first book she wrote was called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers, and it's by Debbie Ford. Um, you should be able to find it secondhand and Kindle and whatever for sure, um, or other e-readers. It's been out for a long time. But the the plus of this is that she talks a lot about how this cultivating positivity means that you're denying aspects of your own emotional experience. And in doing so, you think it goes away, but it doesn't. You're really just suppressing it and you end up having a lot of anger. And this builds up in your system and actually creates less regulation. So we've talked many times on this show now about the window of tolerance and this idea of the Goldilocks zone of being able to function well within a range. And we all know what it means to be outside of that range when you're super anxious and upset or super exhausted. The problem with suppressing your emotions, your negative emotions, is that that actually takes a lot of energy to do. And so there's less energy to kind of do your life because it's kind of like those gopher games, you know, where things keep popping up and you keep kind of suppressing them. And then eventually mm -hmm. um, you'll, you'll, you'll blow, you know, eventually you will end up being really upset or, or angry or sad um, because you can experience a lot of anxiety, depression, and anger from suppressing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, the, and again, so kind of coming back to it, that's, that's part of the reason a good mental health professional is such a good ally to have in this is because they're going to help you reframe these things in a way that actually addresses the situation at, ha at hand. If we go back to the, that, um, the metaphor of a tool belt for, for helping yourself, um, a good mental health professional is going to really help you assess the situation as it is, as opposed to going in ignorant or ignoring actual problems that m you may be facing and so the yeah so I, I i always recommend to people mental health professional if you have access to one if you have the means if you have insurance coverage whatever or if you need somebody who's a sliding scale it's like the mercedes right there if you, it's gonna get <laughs> you there in style yeah it, it'll have window wipers for the headlights for your emotions. Mm -hmm. um. <laughs> and I, I want to add that, you know, there's there's kind of the deeper work that one can do in psychotherapy. But in terms of sort of crisis management and helping with that self-help tool belt, that's actually just a few short sessions. You know, people can help you figure out what tools to use, how to talk with people, um, how to get help, how to get help in terms of those around you in your life, your friends, um, and even how to make things a little bit easier for you at work. So if you're heading towards a crisis or you're just feeling really exhausted, it's a really good idea to seek out some help. Mm -hmm. um, the, the next thing that we, we have on our list here, which I feel like can also be part of therapy and, and seeing uh, someone like that is psychoeducation yeah. and learning about that so what 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 can that do what can what can just learning do <laughs> a lot <laughs> it's, it's well okay so this is this is a bit of a pet peeve of mine uh because i, I my experience is that mental the medical industry as a whole and behavioral health is no exception does not do enough to empower 
clients or patients with knowledge. Okay. Back in the days when I used to work with people, I used usually worked with teenagers, older teenagers, young, young adults, and often on the autism spectrum with ADHD, you know, neurodeve- a lot of neurodevelopmental diagnoses. And there were these moments where I, I would have with them, well, you know, this is a thing with ADHD. I mean, you know what that is and they, uh, you know how it manifests. And they were like, no. And I came to realize that, yeah, Trevor, we talked about this last week that, mm-hmm. you know, people got a diagnosis and nobody actually ever taught them about the diagnosis, how it tends to manifest, what options are available for working with it, what future prognosis is like, um, what systemic barriers may be in place. And so psychoeducation can be an extremely normalizing, Mm -hmm. extremely normalizing to people for, for them to realize that, oh, so this is this experience that I have all the time that I thought I was just weird about. That's a thing mm-hmm. with ADHD or that's yeah. a thing with autism or that's a thing with depression. Oh, my goodness. And they that helps them reframe a lot of their stresses in a lot of cases. But also that psychoeducation piece can give people an awareness of the obstacles that they may face, which gives them a better ability to prepare for those obstacles in the future i I, and more and more evidence comes out that psychoeducation is a really important piece in long-term wellness for anybody with a diagnosis Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely and there's all kinds of um, useful processes that we can come to better understand even for people who don't have a diagnosis like when I share about the window of tolerance or help people just understand, you know, what are expected limits? You know, we have all kinds of ideas about what we should be able to cope with, what we ought to be able to do in our lives. And it helps to really recognize the context in which we're living and the limits around us. And some of that is really about the psychoeducation. Um, because if we talk about yeah, historically, these stressors that you can experience in your life, um, they make it difficult to function. If I say to someone, yeah, you've gone through a bereavement, and that can look like a year or two of processing. Then when they come, when someone else in their life says, yeah, well, that was six months ago, you can be like, yeah, people say it takes a year or two. And it helps normalize whatever experience you're going through, or help you find tools to manage it better. Instead of thinking you should just cope on your own, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, I don't know if this is your experience, Mitra, but uh, again, back when I used to work with people, the, a lot of the questions I got were essentially coded versions of, am I normal? Yeah, Mm. absolutely. I get a lot of that. And um, no one is. So, uh, because, because no one is the exact midpoint of an average, nobody's exactly at the center of the bell curve. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe there are a few people, but you know, it's really rare. And so there's this, just this wide They blend in of too much. We didn't notice them. We didn't notice them. They're normal. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means. It's true. Uh, but. Yeah. So, I mean, that psychoeducation piece can be just an incredibly powerful tool in in self-awareness, in preparation, in in the ability to 
essentially notice what's going on and how to cope with it both preparing for the future and in retrospect Mm -hmm. okay it just psychoeducation i i think is one of the most powerful tools we have in terms of you know our our building our self-help tool belts Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of Um, psychoeducation helps you frame your thoughts i'm sure some of you have heard about spoon theory for example um, and mm-hmm. we talk about spell slots as the same thing. You know, you've only so much yeah. energy and after that. So these ideas kind of help give one a framework of understanding. And also, we can be kinder to ourselves. If I'm out of spell slots, I'm out of spell slots, right? It's not a judgment on how terrible I am as a person. It's just a process of recognizing how much I had available in the first place that day or that week. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But the... Um... One of the other one of the other tools that is just so important in that tool belt is social support. Social support is consistently one of the most powerful powerful forces one has in terms of resilience towards things. Like at Take This, we've written papers and we talk to people about things like diversity and inclusion. And I have joked about the idea that it can be broken down into like seven words. And that is feeling included is good for your mental health. Yes. Or that's about seven words. I don't know. Don't, I, don't quote me on that. Um, but it, it's true. It doesn't matter the diagnosis. It doesn't matter the stressor. It doesn't matter what's going on. A sense of isolation and exclusion makes things worse. Mm-hmm. And a sense of being included and knowing you have social supports to draw on that make you feel welcome and loved is so powerful across the board. Yeah. I like that. No, that 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 is <laughs> I relate to that statement. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, I hope most people do. I mean, I should think mm-hmm. so. Yeah, because isolation is a huge contributor to to depression and even increased anxiety. And absolutely, in terms of the amount of joy you get to feel in your life or not, we need to feel connected mm-hmm. to people. So. Yeah. So 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 social basically we have social networks on here is one of the ways that can not just help build a tool, but can be a tool. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, there's, 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 um, you know, I wrote a book chapter on trauma and consistently across all forms of trauma, whether it's before a trauma event occurs, whether it's around the time a trauma event occurs, whether it's after the trauma event occurs, having that sense of connectedness, that sense of social support, that sense of I am not alone. And this is part of the reason we come to communities like this. I and mean, we've got nearly a thousand people watching this right now, which is just mind boggling to me. But because, um, wow, uh, that's amazing. But you, just coming to a place where you can feel included, a part of something, uh, chat with people who are like minded. I mean, we've got so many names in the chat that we see over and over and over again that are so warm and so welcoming. I mean, I see Obo Lauren, I've seen Garawar in there. Uh, it, it's 
anything we can do to feel that sense of community and inclusion, mm-hmm. it's good for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also 100%. fun. Like, I think that, you know, we're talking <laughs> about this tool belt and we're all serious that we are serious. We are serious about your mental health and our own mental health. We love it. We, we do this because we love it. Um, but I do think that fun is such an important part of it, because when we're having fun, we also bring a sense of playfulness and we're actually using our whole brain. Uh, because mm-hmm. you know what? We don't always use our whole brain, particularly when we're anxious. We're actually in fight, flight, and freeze sometimes when we're anxious. And we have all know about the whole reptilian brain thing. And that really is a side of your brain that doesn't play nice uh, with the rest of it. Because there's a reason for that. That's, that's what it's there for. Uh, from an mm-hmm. evolutionary perspective, if we have way too many inputs when we're trying to survive, we're going to die. But... We don't want to live mm-hmm. there. We don't want to live in that state. And so fun and creative processes and connection to others, all of that helps us be much more stable as people and bring much more in terms of the solutions um, or the tools we use on a daily basis. So, mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Uh, so the last one we've got here as far as like, what can help build a tool belt is uh, meaning making or reframing. Mm-hmm. What What is that? You want to start this one, Mitra? Sure. I love this one. Um, I know you do. You know I do. So it's like the idea that I hate what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I'm using that phrase because everyone sort of recognizes it. Um, it doesn't always make you stronger. However, the idea of being able to move through something really difficult and painful, uh, to make sense of it and to think about the what we're learning or what gifts it can bring um, or what connections it allows us to make, um, that's the meaning-making piece. So, you know, if I go through a loss, for example, and it allows me to process how important life is and how beautiful life is and how much I appreciate the people around me who maybe support me through something difficult or painful. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the meaning I make. That's the way I re-engage with a sense of community, connection, hopefulness. Um, and it's simple things too. Um, you wake up in the morning and it's raining and you were going to have a porch visit to your, with your, you know, with your best friend because we're not all vaccinated here. Um, but it's raining and it's miserable and you're like, ah, oh, it's just it's just not great. Um, if you can find a way to turn that around or to just say, fine, then we're just going to use sleeping bags and a heater and tea and and I'm going to make this work and I'm going to have fun anyway. That's creating a change of perspective and bringing a different meaning to your experience. So that's and, Just and, and to go back visit. to a point we made a, a bit ago is that there, there's a difference between reframing and a, a sort of toxic positivity denial of things. Like I, reframing to me is, I mean, it's kind of like a D20. It's just, it's recognizing that all the sides are true, but it's choosing to focus on one side. Um, it's not denying that the other sides exist. But it's just saying, okay, this is what I'm looking at right now. It's a, it's, it's basically choosing where to put your focus on a matter. Um, and, and, and sometimes it, it, it's helpful in terms of 
creating, like Mitra said, creating meaning out of a struggle. I mean, one of my one of my favorite quotes that I used to that I still think about is from Paradise Lost towards the beginning of the book, where uh, long is the way and hard that out of hell leads to light, where it, this idea that in order to get to a good place, there is a struggle. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the job I had where I was a really brutal waitress? I know it seems I, like I'm a segue. I'm really curious but... about this, and I am interested in the, in running this one shot <laughs> where Mitra is a brutal waitress. That oh is your antagonist for this, and you are the line cooks. <laughs> I loved the line cooks. I had been a line cook at one point, and then um, and then things quieted down, and that had been a summer job. So I had to look for something in the fall while I was in school, and the only thing I could find was this waitressing job. And um, and the worst part was we had some terrible customers. It wasn't a good place to work. And I constantly sided with the kitchen, which was which was not OK. You know, the customer is always right, except when they're not. And I was pretty sure they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> so this lasted about, oh, the worst part was this one buffet experience because I had to work the buffet. So you had to be there for like seven in the morning and then you weren't allowed to eat anything, even on the quiet in the back. And so you're starving and there's this buffet. Anyway, the point of all of this is that I got fired about two months in. And I remember feeling pretty hopeless in the sense that what am I going to do now? How am I going to make rent? That kind of stuff. But it really was one of those blessing in disguise experiences, right? And that's what I'm coming back to in terms of reframing. Um, and it was a learning experience about how customer service is really, well, in that context anyway, really not my thing. <laughs> I was absolutely... As a former restaurant manager, I get it. <laughs> you would have hated me, Trevor. It's so good that we didn't meet other No, I wouldn't stuff. have. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have. <laughs> but... <laughs> But it's that, I mean, it's that reframing to learn from those situations is an important skill to have in going forward because, you know, what I what I just heard from you, Mitra, is one, one, you're able to laugh about it in retrospect. <laughs> mm -hmm. But two, you learned about where your limits are mm -hmm. and what you should and should not do in regards to those limits in the future. And that in and of itself reframing situ reframing past situations as a learning experience helped you to put some tools in your belt about how to go forward with your life in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And somebody in the chat was saying cooks have a, a really tough time. They really do. Um, yeah. But but you know, and those kinds of experiences do shape a person. Um, for the better if they leave uh, shitty waitress job. Sorry, I swore on camera, but whatever. Um, <laughs> um, they, they, they absolutely do kind of help you recognize parts of yourself that you otherwise wouldn't see. And, and if you get out, mm -hmm. you don't become, you know, bitter and twisted because you stayed too long like this one person I worked with. Anyway, yes, so you learn about what's not for you and, and how damaging certain environments can be, for sure. So reframing mistakes into <laughs> life experiences that teach you a thing about yourself. Very useful. Well, and that's, I mean, and we're talking about it. 
every form of psychology that I can think of, it doesn't matter which school of thought you're coming from, whether it's psychoanalytic, whether it's, you know, Jungian analytic psychology, whether it's cognitive mm -hmm. behavioral therapy, narrative therapy, um, acceptance commitment therapy, every modality of psychology does this to certain in various ways. They might call it something different. But the idea of, again, going back to that D20 metaphor of like, okay, we're just going to turn it a little bit and choose to look at it this way, mm -hmm. as opposed to what that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a more complete examination and figuring out what we can gain from this going forward. And that's a powerful skill in both building resilience and, you know, building that tool belt. Yeah, absolutely. Uh I think now is a good time to take our little uh, uh, mid-show break to remind viewers and listeners of our disclaimer, and then we'll be back with a little more discussion and checking in with chat. Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. All right. Also, once again, that, that, that's, that's our community manager, Lauren Urban, reading that and playing the oboe in the background. And I just I, I love hearing that. I could literally go to sleep listening to that. <laughs> I, can, actually, we need we need some children's books as narrated or at least oh my God, accompanied yes. by Lauren. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm hmm. The, 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 yeah, I, I'm I'm for this. I'm 100 percent for this. <laughs> um, so we've got we got a little bit of time before we're gonna check in with chat, um, and we have a, a few other things we had on the list to talk about. Which one do y'all feel would be the most relevant and and best to talk about? I know I'm throwing you a curveball here with picking. <laughs> I you know what? Let's can, Mitra. Do you want to talk about workbooks? Sure. Um... I think you had, I will say, I will talk a little bit about workbooks, but I think you have a lot to say on it. Uh, hey, don't you love the way we throw this back and forth to each other? So great. Um, this is the therapisty thing. The clinically trained people are like, hey, what would you like to do? But tell me what you would like to do. I, 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 feel, I feel like I... I feel like while you two do that, I should sit here with a notepad. Just get interesting. Yeah, <laughs> you got the right. You, you chose to pass it to him during that part of the conversation. Interesting. Trevor's paying attention to the process. But I wrested it back from him at other parts and made it my own. <laughs> um. So let's talk workbooks. I I have a I have I, I love workbooks. Okay. Um. I absolutely love 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 workbooks, and. The reason for that is that for some people, I don't recommend people doing them on their own, but they they come with so many tools, so many handouts, so many worksheets for guiding you through a process of various things. I mean, up in my library, I've got workbooks on... Oh, somebody asked, what are workbooks? 
usually we're better about defining terms. So <laughs> thank you, uh, Coffee Pyros. The a workbook is a essentially a, an entire collection of worksheets and psychoeducation and a sort of guided process through working through a specific topic. I've got workbooks upstairs on various forms of anxiety uh, for PTSD. Uh, let's see what I've got a bunch on those. Uh, what are some of the other ones? I've got a depression workbook. I've got a bipolar workbook. Um, I've got, you know, all sorts of different things, but every one of them takes a learning building process for helping one out with certain skills for those of you who have for those of you who have never been in the chat um or seen the show i'm very open about my autism I've, I've got one that was useful for me learning about my autism yeah and but th they're they're made for working con concurrently with a mental health professional who can help fine-tune things you go because once again, there's no answer all. No, they're kind of <laughs> homework e in some ways, but being able to come in and reflect on what you've been learning and reflect on what has maybe tripped you up a little bit is immensely useful. Um, there are ones on separation and divorce, for example, um, and there are ones that are a bit more journaly as well that loosely could be considered workbooks and not quite in the same vein as the ones you're talking about, but they do help a person work through a process and ask questions and maybe uh, they also help with the tool belt in that they often offer tool belt-ish suggestions as well about what might work for you now or if you only have half an hour what sorts of things you can do to reflect or calm down or center yourself so yeah yeah and one of the, I think one of one of the reasons I like them so much is because every single one of them that at least that I own is filled with tools like Mitra said mm -hmm. um, and those tools are very specifically gathered to meet the situation that that work that workbook addresses and in some cases it's hundreds of pages of these tools mm -hmm. um, that are a combination of both generalized education on the specific topic again whether it's depression whether it's PTSD whether it's um, any any diagnosis or neurodevelopmental thing you can think of, it gives you that combination of scaffolded education mm -hmm. and tools to try. And ultimately, that's, that's a thing I, I would love for everybody to understand is that building your tool belt is a trial and error approach. Absolutely. I'm going to just quickly explain what scaffolded education is because not all people... <laughs> <laughs> there I am, throwing out jargon. <sighs> So when you have scaffolding around something, you essentially have supports around a thing that you're trying to build. And so with this idea of a workbook, uh, you're working through or moving through a process that someone else has created that provides you with that structure. So that's what that means. Yeah. And it's and the part of the reason it's really effective at working with uh, they're really effective in working with a mental health professional is because these are sort of generalized collections of tools for a given diagnosis or challenge mm -hmm. and that therapist that psychologist psychiatrist mental health professional is going to help fine-tune the process for your individual case mm -hmm. um, somebody in the chat mentioned narcissism um, there 
are some really well-written books on narcissism uh, from legitimate um, medical mental health professionals. So it's really worth hunting those out. Um, there are some videos um, on narcissism, but the problem is I think it's too easy to misconstrue um, and assume that um, potentially misdiagnose because of course we can't diagnose. Um, and you, when you're watching a video, you can't really make sense of uh, someone else's experience or your experience of a person. It may or may not be about narcissism. Um, however, I would suggest seeking out some of the material that's out there, um, legit material written by mental health professionals. There are articles online as well that might be useful, uh, particularly for adult children with narcissistic parents. Um, there's some really great information about that. So just throwing that out there. So okay. mm -hmm. that's good to know. Um, any last things you all want to touch on before we see what chat's been up to? I, I would love to reemphasize the idea that what's going to work for you isn't going to work for other people. And building up your tool belt really is a process of trial and error. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it changes over the course of your life. Uh, what worked for me when I was 20 and didn't realize I was, I'm autistic is not the same thing that works in my late thirties, yeah. knowing I'm autistic. The two, uh, because I understand the landscape a little better, so to speak, the tools I use are better informed. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean to say some of the stuff from my early 20s doesn't work, but that trial and error approach, especially being better informed, is going to, is going to, um, it's going to be more effective with time. So something okay. I would really like to uh, stress is that you already have a tool belt. Um, you may want to flesh it out. You may need more tools. You may have tools that don't work as well in newer or challenging situations. But one of the things I came to understand, particularly having ADHD, is there's actually a lot of things I do that are tools to cope that I thought were just part of normal behavior and experience. In other mm -hmm. words, they were part of what I was doing in my life, which is great because that's what tools are for. But I thought everybody needed to do them and I hadn't really recognized them as my tool belt. So one of the things that can be helpful in terms of explicating this process, making it more um, overt to you, is that you come to better understand what you're using at tools, how you can deepen into that um, and what more might be out there. So. You're using tools without always okay. recognizing you're doing so. And that's great. But it's helpful to become clear. Um, I, I know I know I'm not one of the experts on here. I'm just the host. <laughs> uh, but I do actually do have one one thing because Dr. B was saying like the things that work for you back in your twenties might not work for you in your thirties. I really accentuate that and be like be okay with letting go of some of your tools. Yay. Um and, and you know that I, I took that lesson from other parts of my life and was like, oh, okay, I have to, I can't always hold on to that because eventually it's not always going to help me. Um, so keep that in mind. Don't hold them too close. Use them for what they, if they help you, and if they don't, let them go. Yeah. If if a tool isn't effective anymore, it's no longer a good tool. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, my uh, power drill that tried to light my curtains on fire. Um. <laughs> <laughs> 
Definitely got rid of that thing. Uh, okay, let's see what chat has been up to uh, while we've been talking. Uh, Reaver01 says, um, uh, wait, uh, it's all right to say things suck and uh, work things out instead of ignoring the sucky parts. <laughs> 100%. You know, I had to go to a lot of school to learn to say that, and you just did it right there. Brilliant. I incurred a lot of debt in order to learn that, and I could probably cite you reasons why that's true, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love there it. Uh, Chamber X77 says, does suppression ever work? Uh, yes. Um, temporarily. It's, a, it's actually pretty useful to recognize time and place and therefore, if you're having a lot of feels about something or if your boss is super rude or ignorant, you really don't want to address that right then. But that's temporary. You can still be aware, wow, this is elevating me, but it's like, I can't go here right now. Now is not the time and place. So in that sense, yes. In the long term, it's pretty unhealthy and damaging for you. But yeah, when your toddler is throwing a fit in the grocery store, maybe is not the time. <laughs> I, I always imagine those situations because I don't have kids but like I always imagine those situations and parents are just like oh, I can't wait till one day I can just unload on you all these things that you did to me as a child <laughs> <laughs> well so going going back to what Mitra said there there's a di I think a lot of people think suppression is the same as repression and they're not the same thing. Suppression is kind of a semi-conscious or even totally conscious way of saying, um, I'll deal with it, just not now. True. Suppression is suppression is actually can be a really healthy function of of your your frontal lobe, executive functioning of saying, I, I will deal with this later. And as long as later comes, then suppression's a great tool. But if 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 basically you're uh, a person is always going, I'll deal with this later, I'll deal with this later, and later never comes, then you're turning it into avoidance. Yes. And, and that's a little bit different. Yes. And a lot of repression is when you just, you're kind of in denial. As you said, it's that la, 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 la piece. You know, yeah. it's that piece of not wanting to... Um, accept in some ways that that there's something happening um yeah there's um there's a great phrase it's called spiritual bypassing and it talks about how sometimes people particularly who value um it's not even necessarily religious right but it's this idea of rising above okay the problem with that is sometimes people mistake the idea of rising above in the moment i.e suppressing in some ways um to do you see what i'm saying if you can yeah. sort of say no i'm going to be better than this right now or i'm going to not look at you know i'm not going to rise to my anger or my upset that's one thing but if you come to this place where you have an idea that anger isn't okay right yeah. then that's the narrative that's driving things i can't allow myself to be angry i'm not okay if i'm angry i can't allow myself mm -hmm. to be sad those feelings aren't okay. It's not okay to express that. There's something wrong with me right. if I express that. Then you're in, then that's the repression we're talking about. Yeah, that, and so that, yeah. Okay. Uh, CY Morgan says, how do you tell the difference between the tool belt and the coping mechanisms? Hmm. To me, they're the kind of the same thing. 
I mean, the tool, the tool belt for me in any way is a useful metaphor for coping mechanisms because it's something, I mean, it, it, talking to people about coping mechanisms is kind of a nebulous concept, but mm -hmm. um, a lot of people understand tools that they're useful for building something, fixing something, dealing with a problem. And that's to me what coping skills really are. Yeah, I, I'm going to differentiate between coping mechanisms and, and tools in one particular way. And that is that not... Are we going to fight now? Yeah! <laughs> Are we going to fight? <laughs> it's different when people come to me and talk about... You, got, you have to turn to your side and go like this. <laughs> like this? Wait, which... which <laughs> no, oh, other, way, other way, talk to me. Other way, other way. <laughs> No. Anywho, continue. <laughs> uh, sometimes people have unhealthy coping mechanisms, right? Um, smoking can calm you down in the moment because you're leaving the room, you're taking a break, and you're breathing deeply, if only to inhale, right? It's still a coping mechanism. It's just not a very useful one in terms of consciousness and, and tool belt, right? Tool belt implies that I'm bringing my conscious thought and energy into solving this, into figuring it out, into coming up with some strategies that are going to make my life better. And that maybe aren't going to harm me along the way, right? So sometimes we use coping. See, and I, yeah. Go, go. Well, and I, I, I'm building on that. I, I'm still. Hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, building on that. This is part of the reason I, I think I think of it the same way is because you can absolutely choose the wrong tool for the wrong situation. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. And it can be a good tool, yeah. just misplaced. Right. Yeah. Fair. I misplace my tools Me all the time. Too. Yeah, no, I've got my, my impact driver is a fantastic tool, but not when I'm cooking. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't use a power drill to cut your steak. I don't know. <laughs> Bandsaw? Bandsaw? Seriously, chat, don't use a power drill to cut your steak. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, let's see. Uh, Liberation says, uh, how should we react when someone gives us a hard time or goes on, uh, gets on our case about, uh, talking about our negative feelings? Like they say something like, quote, uh, here's how I have it so much worse than you, but I'm oh. not being negative or complaining, et cetera. Yeah. It's not a pain Olympics. I hate when people do that. It's so, so like I, I started this, I started this thing a long time ago. I, li I live in a place that is always warm. It really is. And so when it gets any slight bit down below like 60 or something, I am cold. And any one of my friends who are not from this place will take it upon themselves to go, oh, you don't have it as bad as where I lived. It used to. And I called them cold elitists. And so I call those people negative elitists <laughs> where it's like, oh, so my thing's not as bad as you. So I shouldn't complain. So you're being an elitist about... The, the 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 what we have going on okay that was an i mean that's not an answer that's just what i do because they're jerks. no but it's, <laughs> it's awesome and it's it's a great strategy because you're refusing to uh, to be um okay where did my words go i had them right there you, you're talking about pain ADHD olympics took I was you were talking, talking about, about pain olympics. olympics i guess what i'm also talking about then is validation right so trevor mm -hmm. you were refusing to be invalidated that's what I was looking for. It's yeah. a lot of syllables, you know. Um, <laughs> I, I think the problem is that people do invalidate others. And I think that, that in those instances where, hi, you don't have it as bad as I do, essentially, um, it's, it is not about a competition. And you can say that. That might be a useful thing to say, um, mm -hmm. you know. And if it's a good friend, you can talk about 
you might be able to actually talk about, yeah, yeah, but that's just my experience and it feels cold for me, right? Or if they're a really good friend, you can talk about that their verbal patterns are invalidating for everyone around them and they should stop. So. Mm -hmm. I used to just really embarrass the hell out of them by being like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize the king of cold was here. All bow to the king of <laughs> yes. cold. Oh. He shall rule and, if and you... tell us when we are cold. If you, but I'm a I jerk, mean, so. if, if I've got a good enough relationship built up with someone that they can understand, I mean that pretty lovingly, if a little bitingly. <laughs> Um, that off, you know, that can work with my friends because then they realize they're kind of being annoying. Um, <laughs> trying to watch my language here. Um, yep, yep. but for, for me, what I've done in the past in those situations is just to basically, I, I plant my flag in that spot and say, and just like, yes. And. Mm-hmm. Just because just because you're suffering doesn't mean I'm not suffering. Yep. Yeah. It your suffering doesn't negate mine. Yeah. A problem is a problem regardless of what problems you have. And yeah. there have been times in the past where I've been more forceful with it, where people have been like, "Yeah, but yeah, but listen, I have a problem. You can help me solve it. You can help me work with it, or you can say it's not a problem. The first one is welcome. The second one is not." Mm-hmm. And, and I, I want to clarify what I said may have been funny. Do what Doctor B said. Don't do what I said. <laughs> I well, it's there's it, it it there's a lot of different solutions, and this is part of the reason we we can't really answer individual yeah. situations because we don't have a complete understanding of what a person's situation is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what works for me might not work for you. And this is what comes back to that tool belt idea. There's a trial and error approach to this. What is effective for me because of my skill set, because of my situation, may not work for someone else. And it would be arrogant of me to say, this will totally work for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you also can't go wrong going with empathy. So, you know, um, both for yourself and others. So, someone has an emotion or a response to something or feels cold when I don't, okay, you know, let's just accept where they're at and let's ask for that acceptance. And we also shouldn't invalidate our own emotional response because I see people do this a lot, which is like, well, I'm going through this thing, but you know, I have it easy and other people have it so much worse. So it's a real narrative that's floating around, Yeah. you know? Right. Yeah, no. Again, do, do what they say. Don't do what I say. Uh, never do. <laughs> but what I say. it's fun to be I impish like sometimes. It is fun. It is. All fun. hail don't the king of cold. Yeah. I keep that one. But but like 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 one of the things that I wanted to point out there is that like when you all were saying like you know not everything is going to work for everyone. I mean that's the same thing with like when someone's just like oh you can never keep a planner. Well you got to try this one. It's like it's the exact same thing. That may not work for me especially if I have ADHD. <laughs> I will never see that thing again after three days in my house. Um, like it, it, if there's little stuff like that that is not made for everyone these same tools are going to is going to be like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you just you have to try it out and see what works. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that is all the time we have today for a discussion. Uh, Mitra, Dr. B, where can people find you on social media? Uh, people can find me at Mitra Jordan 
by all means. And also I have a website, which is mitrajordan.com if you want to reach out. And I don't always post all that much on Twitter, but I'm trying. And I really <laughs> love being in contact with people. So I'll say that right down here. <laughs> um, I, well, you can find me on all of the socials at the Dr. B, T H E E D O C T O R B as in boy. I, I always want to, this tells you my age again that I want to go with an early Simpsons reference that the B stands for bargain doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, I, you can also follow the work that I do, uh, the work that I do with take this by following them on all the socials at take this org. And, uh, you can, you can find me here every Tuesday at 11 AM and I'm often streaming for take this on Monday afternoons, at least Pacific time. Uh, you can find me on the Difficulty Class Podcast every Friday, as well as on Champions of Lore every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here on twitch.tv slash CNE Games. You also find me on Twitter with my way too many podcasts uh, at The Trevor, and there's an A hiding in there. Um, I do want to thank everybody for uh, being here in the chat today. I apologize if I didn't get to your, uh, your question or, or point. There was a lot of them, and we only have a little bit of amount of time here. But I do appreciate you being here, and thank you for participating in the chat. Uh, let's see. I want to thank Jay for moderating in the chat yeah. because they do an amazing job each and every week. And I literally couldn't do the show without them. <laughs> like if I tried to grab your questions myself, I, there wouldn't be any, not, not a chance. Uh, <laughs> I do want to take this opportunity to thank, uh, Codename Entertainment and take this for giving us an opportunity to have these discussions. Uh, if you missed any part of today's show or any of our previous shows, you can always catch it as a podcast at 2 PM, the same day that these air, uh, and they're on all good podcast service. If there isn't one that you like on there, let me know and I'll try and get it on there. Uh, but you can send in topic suggestions and whatnot to champions of psychology at codenameentertainment.com. And if you are live with us right now, be sure to come back at 1 PM for Bardic inspiration with Dylan and Jason Charles Miller. Uh, and if you are listening, uh, we'd love to see you here next week in the chat with us. There's a lot of people here to talk with. So, you know, it's going to be fun. Uh, but yeah, thank you for everyone for watching and listening. And until next week, Take care of yourself. Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment.